again, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. This is Jim Stedman, editor of Cotton Grower, and we're trying something a little different format for this episode. It's a change in the structure of the program, and it's something that we've been talking about internally for some time. We hope it'll make for better listening and certainly for better storytelling. Today, we're going to examine the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. When you break that legislation down, there are a lot of big numbers that could significantly impact U.S. agriculture. And as part of that, we want to find out where the benefits are for U.S. cotton growers. We'll explore those questions and more following this short message from this episode's sponsor, our friends at First Fire Safety. First Fire Safety is a fire protection company based out of Austin, Texas. We have developed a foam fire suppression system specifically designed to protect the John Deere Round Bale Cotton Harvester. We install this system and train operators all over the world. Be fire ready with a First Fire Safety fire suppression system. Call today for more information and pricing. 512-777-1555. Going into summer, most people thought that there was just no chance of this bill becoming law for numerous reasons. It seemed like the negotiations had stopped. You didn't really hear anything about it. That's the word from Robbie Minnick, Senior Government Relations Representative and Interim Director of Washington Operations for the National Cotton Council talking about the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. The legislation has an interesting story and maybe more lives than a cat. We'll let Menick explain. He watched it all unfold. This is a reconciliation bill that Congress really started trying to work on uh, earlier this year. Uh, and it, it's kind of had spits and spurts and stops and goes um, as it's gone through the process. There was a, a house pass bill that was very aggressive uh, on a lot of these issues that you mentioned. The Senate bill is kind of where those, those stops and starts happen. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, it's just the nature of the Senate. The Senate has to have a full agreement on a reconciliation bill. It's generally going to be a party line vote. And with the Senate being 50-50, the Senate Democrats were not able to lose a single vote on this in order to get it passed. So they had to have really buy-in from every single member of their caucus. And, and the ones that were the, the most hesitant, had the most questions, were Senator Cinema from Arizona and Senator Manchin from West Virginia. So they really kind of drove the negotiations on this. To the surprise of pretty much everyone in Washington, I believe that the, the only two people who really knew what was going on were Senate Leader Schumer and Senator Manchin. But they had been working behind the scenes to, to negotiate a bill that Senator Manchin could be okay with. At the end of the day, Senator Sinema uh, uh, wanted to see some few minor changes, some additions added, especially for drought in the West. And so uh, she was able to, to get those additions and those concessions, and it was able to get passed by the Senate, passed by the House, and signed into law by the president. When the dust cleared and the ink dried, the act allocated $19.5 billion for agricultural conservation, with roughly $18 billion of that going to bolster existing farm bill conservation programs like the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, or EQIP, the Regional Conservation Partnership Program, or the RCPP, Conservation Stewardship Program, the CSP, and the Agricultural Conservation Easement Program, the ACEP. These programs provide financial and technical assistance to implement conservation practices on agricultural land. The additional funds will be directed to meet goals related to climate change, 
and mitigation activities. They took a lot of the regional conservation programs and combined them into to one overall program. So we're going to see big increases in, in each of those programs through 2026. So the, most of these programs will kind of ramp up their funding that's available to them for EQIP. It'd be almost eight and a half billion dollars for CSP, a little over $3 billion. ASAP would be almost $1.5 billion. And RCPP would be almost $5 billion. So, you know, these programs are going to see, you know, massive increases in, in, in their funding levels through 2026. But keep in mind that the next Farm Bill legislation is due in 2023. And this new funding technically runs out two years before the next Farm Bill would be due in 2028. Minnick points out the funding's not really messing with the current baseline of the Farm Bill. It's more like a pool of money that's being added to these overall programs. And decisions on how these funds are allocated rests with Congress. In 2023, if we're able to, to get a bill next year, then Congress would need to, to take these funds and either spread them out over a, a longer term of the next farm bill over that 10 years, or, or could, they could move it around. That, that's going to be up for Congress to see. But I would expect to see long term, once you get to a farm bill, these numbers change some because they're going to need to be able to do that to capture that and truly increase the baseline going forward. There are some strings attached to the funding levels being provided to the EQIP, CSP, ACEP, and RCPP programs. Remember, one of the key objectives of the legislation is a focus on climate change. And that's especially true with EQIP, which is set to receive roughly $8.5 billion. Minnick explains. All of that $8.5 billion must be used on projects that directly improve soil carbon or reduce nitrogen losses or greenhouse gas emissions or capture and sequester greenhouse gas emissions associated with agricultural production. So you might have other EQIP programs that don't necessarily fit with that, but this new money that they're adding has to, to have that climate aspect to it. One of the other provisions that was included in, in this legislation was a billion dollars for conservation technical assistance through NRCS. And, and this is going to be very important for the implementation of these programs, being able to, to get this, take these funds that's there and actually get that conservation on the ground and helping a farmer and, and helping the land. And so technical assistance has always been a challenge. Being able to, to have the individuals and the funds necessary to have them out working with farmers and developing these projects has always been a challenge. And so I believe this billion dollars uh, is going to go a long way to really helping, again, get this from uh, a piece of legislation to actually an improvement on a, on a farm. For several years, cotton growers have been really tuned in to conservation programs to help improve their farming operations and profitability and help provide sustainability numbers that the industry's ultimate customers are asking for. A couple of these conservation programs are especially popular, and the additional funding under the legislation could make them more accessible and valuable to more and more cotton growers. EQIP and CSP, those are, are two very popular programs for cotton farmers. And both of them are oversubscribed. Uh, I mean, whenever you look at pretty much all conservation programs, but especially these working lands programs, USDA has to turn away um, more growers who want to be a part of it than they're able to bring into the program. And that's simply a matter of funding. So this is going to be able to give them the funding needed to hopefully really expand those programs and give those producers who, who are wanting to, to do more, who are wanting to, to be part of these programs to help 
with their conservation plan that they have on their farm, uh, their work with the trust protocol, just going to give them a, more of an opportunity to be able to be part of these programs. I think that this will help clear backlogs. Of course, we're only a couple of weeks into this as official legislation. And most economists and ag watchers point out that there's still as many questions about the program as there are answers. There's a lot more to learn, especially, as Minnick points out, when the 2023 Farm Bill debate begins. It does play into somewhat the Farm Bill debate is that through the process of this, and this was something that had to be done for it to, to fit within the Reconciliation Bill, but it, it does extend all of the conservation programs through 2031. So when you think about a Farm Bill, you know, the crop insurance is permanent law. It doesn't necessarily need to be authorized. Nutrition programs are permanent law. They don't have to be reauthorized. Now you have conservation programs who are extended through 2031. That's really a, an impetus to, to get a farm bill done and, and capture that money for the baseline. But uh, I think that there are some out there that, you know, question whether that, that makes it harder to get a farm bill done. And that's something we're just going to have to wait and see on because I, I can see both sides of the coin on that one think that, you know, all the leaders of both the House and Senate Agriculture Committee are, are, are very focused on getting one done. Uh, they, everyone wants to get it done on time. Uh, but farm bills take time. Whenever you look back over the past 20 years, the last farm bill was got finished and completed the quickest. And I think it took about, I have to look and see, but about eight months, six or eight months. But every farm bill before that, going back to 02, took at least a year. There's, there's going to be a lot that has to happen next year to, to be able to hit that timeline. But I think it's good that the committees are focused on it. They've been doing hearings. The House Agriculture Committee has been doing field hearings. They've been doing hearings in D.C., the Senate Agriculture Committee has done two field hearings, one in Michigan, one in Arkansas, and I would expect that they will probably uh, start up some D.C. hearings this fall. It may be early in the farm bill process, as Minnick notes, but it's really not too early to get ready for the debate that's coming. I know all the agriculture groups, uh, the National Cotton Council included, are thinking about what our priorities are going to look like and what's going to be best for cotton farmers and the, the cotton industry uh, as we move ahead and look to that next farm bill. So I think everyone's going to be ready. It's just a matter of working the congressional calendar enough to, to try to get it done in time. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. Special thanks to Robbie Minnick, the National Cotton Council, for being part of today's discussion. Thanks, too, to First Fire Safety for their support. And as always, thanks to you, dear listeners, for joining us. We hope you like this new format. And if you like what you hear on The Cotton Companion, be sure to spread the word and tell your friends about this podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find The Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion, or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, Subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. I'm Jim Stedman, and I'll be back with you in two weeks for the next episode of the Cotton Companion. Until then, as usual, stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all